Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Taco Donna to Gray Malkin Lane and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? A lot of news that I missed this week, apparently, Mike. We had a pretty busy one, yeah. and I was surprised when I saw the round. Oh, not a couple of them. After a couple uh, weeks of lesser, you know, not you're not a whole lot of announcements, not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, we got like a decent uh, amount of stuff to talk about this week. Um, uh, also, do I realize that uh, last week was our first episode of June, um, but I do believe we neglected to say happy pride to all those LGBTQ plus uh, people that may be listening. So we did. Um, yeah. We, wait, we did say happy pride. No, we did miss it. We did miss it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I think, I think last year we caught it because uh, yeah. DC and Marvel had started putting out the, I think that last year was the first year they had put out the, like the pride anthology and that sort of thing. I didn't I see any the on the, first, but... I didn't see any on the drop last week. So it probably just. Uh, well, DC is already out. Cause I own it. But theirs might yeah. have come out at the end of May, so I think that's probably why we weren't reminded of it. Mm. Marvel's comes out this week. Yep. Anyway, I'm wearing my DC uh, Pride shirt in honor of real in honor of me, a uh, straight guy realizing that it's Pride. Right. Uh, although I didn't realize it, I'm I just, wearing nothing because I just came in yeah, out of he's, New Hampshire. He's, he's completely naked. He's not wearing anything. He's <laughs> yeah, wearing. Yeah, for anyone on audio, don't yeah. look up the video. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm also probably confusing any video list or video listeners. Yeah, video watchers uh, by actually having glasses on this week. I know. Yeah. Wait, who is that guy? Yeah. Yeah. I might as Superman well be rules. Clark Kent, but we'll talk about him later. We sure will. Uh, but first, starting off this episode with the final, the final installment of Flash Watch. Did he? Did he? Did he? Did he? Why is well, the, it the final, the final one? The final official uh, or final known. Official. <laughs> issue because i'm sure there'll be things after yeah but i feel like the movie is coming out this week Mm -hmm. i have tickets to see this movie thursday night i am out of my mind excited to see it um and i feel like once the movie's actually actually released we should retire this segment it's not like every time there's flash news in general we're going to do a flash watch this was just we started this because of the insanity surrounding this particular movie i think we can retire it and there uh, was plenty of it and there's still plenty of it (laughs) yeah and uh i i think i said this last week i wasn't really expecting to do another episode of flash watch um but here we are and this is kind of a big one apparently according to variety a script for the flash 2 or a sequel to the flash has already been written and already exists uh, so the draft was completed by a guy named David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Lots of names in that name. Um, and I got to say, it's cool that they are confident enough in the movie to already have a Flash 2, but no offense to Mr. Johnson McGoldrick, but um, he's the guy that wrote Aquaman. And I would say maybe my least favorite thing about Aquaman is the script <laughs> the di- dialogue so ugh, i don't know why wouldn't you just get christina hudson back to write it everyone loves this movie she wrote it she wrote birds of prey she knows a dc universe like right get her back have her write a second one i don't know um 
Uh, apparently, the script would feature the return of not only Barry Allen, but also Michael Keaton as Batman and Sasha Callie as Supergirl. Keeping that trio together. So interesting. Uh, there's no other details yeah. about it. I, I wouldn't think that those are spoilers for anything um, in the movie, especially because it's multiversal. So even if like Supergirl dies, they could just go find another one, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, so I feel like if this movie does, I guess this is movies tracking really well. It's like tracking for like 75 million opening weekend, which is uh, oh. pretty strong. Decent. Um, and uh, that is without it's, the it's, star. It's no across the Spider Verse, but it's no across the Spider Verse. Um, but uh, this is PG thirteen versus PG, so mm. it's not it's not going to attract as many families. I will not be taking my kid to this one. I will not be taking my son to this. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, it's tracking pretty well, considering that the star of the film, Ezra Miller, is not doing any press at all. It's officially announced that they will not be doing any press. Um, they will be making, the only thing close to that is they're going to be doing a low-profile appearance at the premiere, which is this week. And um, apparently, the, I think the premiere, it's weird that the premiere of the movie is coming out so yeah, close to the release I was just going to say that. That seems really date. funky. It does, um, but and it isn't, and you because and it seems funky because usually when a studio does that, it's because they know the movie's bad, mm-hmm. and that like people are going to see the movie and the reactions are going to be like this movie's bad, don't go see it. But if you do it closer to the release date, then maybe it's less time for people to hear that, or mm-hmm. less time for people, or people have already bought their tickets, so they're going anyway. So you know things like it's, that. It's the movie equivalent of. Uh how Marvel releases all of their shows weekly in an incremental basis and is now deciding to dump echo all at once. Exactly. Yes. However, I tend like I did read in this same article, they said that the studio was saying that they moved the premiere so close because, uh, the ending is some insane thing that they don't want that to get spoiled. So whatever the insane ending of this movie is. And I kind of tend to believe that because of all of the other reactions we've already seen mm -hmm. for this movie are incredibly positive. So like they showed all of CinemaCon. Was it CinemaCon? Right. They showed it. They showed the audience the movie and they were like, yeah, you can tweet about it. Right. And they were all like, this is great. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, The the review embargo uh, lifted earlier this week. And um, it was, you know, it was mixed to positive from like critic score. Uh, yeah. But we know how that translates to audience score. Like, it, yeah, it's or, or miss. people that are in the bag for superhero movies versus people that are right. not or tired of them or don't care either way. I don't think I saw anything that was like, holy shit, this is hot garbage. Yeah, um, exactly. So that makes me tend yeah. to, I believe that they just want to avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. And I got to, I got to believe that this movie is full of spoilers right. considering it is supposed to set up the co- entire future of the DC universe. Yeah. The, the other thing on there too, is the fact that if, uh, Ezra is not doing a ton of press, uh, you don't want to have the premiere and the red carpet and all that happening. And then this big gap of silence. Exactly. Yeah. So, yep probably a, a combo of you know they'll say it's the ending but it's also like partially damage control and this whole you yeah. know they're playing the game yeah yeah um i think they are fortunate that it's happening with this movie where you know michael keaton's in it ben mm-hmm. affleck is in it sasha Callie's is playing supergirl like they have all these other people they can be like look go hey michael <laughs> keaton you know that one guy that everyone loves as batman <laughs> like right. you did it first like 
go go support this movie or Ben Affleck people love you too go support this movie like hey you, you're you the know first that guy live that was, action Supergirl yeah you know that you that know, guy that second. was one of the uh, you know the the f- people's favorite uh, superhero heroes and also one of their favorite superhero villains yeah, yeah exactly. go talk to him yeah yeah exactly everyone loves Michael Keaton mm-hmm. um, uh, a quote from um, a source close to Ezra Miller I think is a publicist or something. Um, in regards to it, the, the low profile appearance of the premiere is just uh, photos. He's taking pictures. He's not doing any interviews or anything like, sorry, they're not doing any interviews or anything like that. Um, and this statement from Ezra Miller's camp says, Ezra wants the movie to open at the uh, open and the conversation to be about the movie and not about Ezra. They are focused on their mental health and they don't want that to be transactional. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like that's a, whether or not they actually made that decision, Ezra Miller made that decision, or a publicist made that decision for them, I think that's a very self-aware decision to make, or certainly a self-aware way to phrase that or explain why. Like, clearly, like, it honestly, and the fact that they haven't been out on press makes me even more, I feel like, I guess, when they announced that it was a mental health thing and they were seeking recovery for it, I feel like there were some people that were hesitant to believe that story and thought this was just like, right. You know, kind of like PR trying to smooth things over. I'm inclined to believe it because if it wasn't, then they would have been out on doing talk shows. You know, they would have been like, yeah, that mental health thing, but here I am and I'm a celebrity and I want to, you know, get paid (laughs) for this, but they're really not doing any press at all uh, for this movie that they are the absolute star of. So it makes me, believe more that they're like no my mental health is more important than you know my celebrity and that's a smart way to play it for sure so yep no and that's either way see i the the cynic in me is partly like they they probably are um focused on their mental health and don't want it to be transactional but also yeah the studio doesn't want you know the, the well, studio's sure, plan damage be control it. Well, that's what I mean. Like if yeah. it's it's either true or it's a good way to phrase. Right. Or it's a combination of the both. It's, or it's, it's, both. It, yeah. it's like most things end up being where it's not black and white. It's like somewhere in this gray of like, yeah, you know, Ezra is working on their mental health, but also the studio wants to shut things down and right. keep it tight. And, yeah. And yeah. other things they probably wanted to keep tight until they revealed it. But uh um, yeah. yeah. Moving on into some DC news. This is something that I uh, I had read a number of times over the last like couple weeks from just like random people on Twitter. Like, I don't know. I try like, you know, when the news is slow, sometimes we end up talking about rumors more than I usually like to. I don't usually like to put anything right. on our show rundown. And Steve, yeah, Steve knows this. That isn't like a reported concrete fact. Like, I don't want to just like somebody posted that Michael Keaton's going to play. I don't know, Joker or whatever. That'd be wow. He'd be great. He'd be a really cool Joker. He's like a weirdo guy. I feel like he, he like, he could be, be like Beetlejuice. He could be a Joker picture. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice, but then just make his suit purple. Wow. Like he's yeah. kind of, that's kind of the Joker, right? He'd yeah. Be great. Yeah. Anyway, I just made that up. That's not really happening, but like, I wouldn't just take like, okay, someone's saying this on Twitter. Twitter's blowing up. It's not reported from any like legit source, so we're no, we're not going to talk about it. Um, but things like Fantastic Four, you know, casting rumors or whatever, like you know, if it's a slow week, we'll dip right, into that. Sure, play around with it, and you know, yeah, it, it's the the standard what if or else worlds that we can get into on occasion. 
Sure, exactly. So this still is not being reported specifically from Warner Brothers or from DC or from James Gunn or anything like that, but it is from uh, Jeff Snyder, a scooper, an insider that we uh, trust or I do, uh, because he also doesn't say anything unless he, you know, kind of believes in it. Uh, so the rumor here is that uh, the previous previously announced Brave and the Bold film from James Gunn will be directed. This is a Batman and Robin movie will be directed by Andy Muschietti, director of the flash. And now that has been again, rumored for a long time. Like he, he was the Andy Muschietti was actually giving an interview recently and somebody asked him, what would he do with a Batman movie or how would he characterize Batman mm -hmm. if in his own movie or something? And he said, I can't talk about that yet. So that kind of led to a lot of these rumors and now seemingly uh, not again, not fully confirmed, but uh, Jeff Snyder on his podcast this week uh, called Andy Muschietti's attachment to this film to be, quote, an open secret in Hollywood and that they may be either waiting for Comic-Con or they're waiting for the writer strike to dissipate so they can finally announce this. Um, and then I, I think the, I think he'd be great choice, especially like. The clips I've seen, the trailers I've seen for The Flash, they look bright, they look fast, they look comic booky and great. And if he's going to bring that style to Brave and the Bold, a Batman or Robin movie, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, certainly, after The Flash has experience working with at least two Batman, who know who else? Who knows if anyone else is going to show up in um, the Flash multiverse, whatever. Um, but because of Andy Muschietti's attachment to this movie, you got to remember Andy Muschietti blew up when he made um, It, chapters one and two. Um, one being very wildly lauded and two being uh, kind of looked down upon. I think I made it five minutes into It, chapter two, when I decided. Two being a I movie. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I watched like the opening scene. I was like, this um, two two hours and 45 minutes of this i'm not watching it i hate this already i don't like the tone it's giving me and i'm not gonna sit through it click which is but, that that's <clears throat> rough coming from you i know yeah like, i just couldn't get past mr it. mr horror aficionado himself and like i like just like immediately in the opening of that movie like it's crazy homophobic and it's crazy misogynistic in like the oh. very beginning and like i know it's like a horror movie and i'm not supposed to agree there's like these are bad people doing these things but just like I just don't want to watch. It just feels mean. It just mm. feels like mean spirited. And I don't want to watch two, almost three hours of this movie. Yeah, I can get that. Anyway, that being said, because he made those movies, rumors immediately started flying about, oh, Bill Skarsgård, who played the clown Pennywise in the It movies. Oh, what if he's going to be Batman? He's like younger. He's tall. He could get like built for he could like work out and get buff for like Batman. Um so there were rumors of him being cast as Batman, although we're still like so far out from this movie. <laughs> like, you know, it hasn't even really been written yet. As right. far as we know, like we don't know anything about it. We're years out from this movie. Jeff Snyder mentioned that he has heard. And again, we're even further out from this, but we've heard that he has heard. Sorry, that Bill Skarsgård is not being considered for Batman, but is possibly being considered for watching Steve's face because I didn't put this part in the rundown. Swamp Thing. Hmm. Okay. The Skarsgårds. The Skarsgårds all in on all the nerd money. All the nerd money. Father, all father, nerd and money. one of the sons at least. Yeah. But uh, if you think about Bill Skarsgård, like again, he's a tall guy. Um, he 
acts well under lots of makeup, mm-hmm. as we've seen from the It movies, and he has very expressive eyes. Yeah. Um, which you kind of need uh, to be Swamp Thing as well, and because you have so many like prosthetics and no inherently and shit all over your face. Inherently, the the family history of you know uh, deep monologues is probably not going to be in his future for Swamp Thing, but yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, but that's that. Uh, that would be cool. I think he'd be a good choice for that movie, yeah. especially if the Flash um, does what I think it's going to do um, for the DC fan base. Um, now, could you see you, him as Batman? Skarsgård as Batman? It would certainly be a different take on Batman. I mean, we all um, we all had that like hesitation when Pattinson was cast, too. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, I am. I like to think, I mean, I'm sure that there could be a casting that like knocks me back in a way that I was like, whoa, I don't see it. But I feel like most of the time now, depending on like the creative team, I'm more apt to just be like, I that this person is casting the right fit for the role, you know? Yeah. I guess and, it's kind of, it is kind of like the comics where it's like a, a writer is going to write for how he sees, he or she sees yeah. Batman. Right. Whereas, yeah, exactly. You know, somebody's going to write a script and then cast based on that script. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like, you know, I'm a big fan of James Gunn and his work and he's overseeing all of this stuff now. So if he thinks Bill Skarsgård is the right choice for their DCU Batman, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to trust James Gunn. Like I I, maybe I don't see it, but I I love what this guy this guy sees it. So I'm going to go with it right now. I personally Um, want to hear more about Swamp Thing. Yeah, me too. And we got one more thing about Swamp Thing. Not necessarily good news about Swamp Thing, but well, we got a, we, a cluster of some other like smaller DC stories. We're just kind of throwing together. Right. We're gonna like we have right we now. have good news for some of us, but not necessarily yeah. about Swamp Thing. <laughs> it's good. It's good news for us nerds and <laughs> right. bad news for us nerds <laughs> at the same time. And that'll make sense when I say this right now. Um, James Mangold, fresh uh, off Indy Five. Coming up, um, Indy 5, scribe and director of uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. He also uh, directed Logan, Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, acclaimed filmmaker, James Mangold, uh, who we know was announced as the writer-director for Swamp Thing by James Gunn, but was also announced by Kathleen Kennedy as the writer-director for the uh, Origins of the Force, or Origins Dawn of the, of the Jedi, Jedi yep. John, Dawn of the Jedi movie. Um, apparently James Mangold is working on a Bob Dylan biopic right now. And after that is done, he is supposed to start work on star Wars. So um, James Mangold just has all the projects I'd be interested in. Yeah, I know okay. this dude. Cool. Is, that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very interested in the next few years career of James Mangold. <laughs> like I'm really sold on it and he's a good filmmaker. He makes a good movie. So, um, but my love of Swamp Thing uh, will have to sit tight for a while um, because he's going to do Star Wars first. And that's fine because I'm very excited about that Star Wars movie also. So we will see what happens there. Um, another small, I'm not super shocked by this, but um, we're getting we're starting to get rumors. And this also came from the Hot Mike uh, podcast with John Roca and Jeff Snyder that Harvey Dent is going to be introduced in the Batman Part 2. And we probably will hear casting for that sometime before the end of the year. Casting in general for the Batman 2, um, you know, and besides the, like the returning characters, Robert Pattinson, Andy Serkis, um, what have you. Uh, studio says that they are eyeing, this is another uh, 
This is one what of those, just like yeah that that's right? what my facial right? reaction just was when I read that. I, I noticed you make a weird face and I was like, I wonder what he said. And then I got to this. and I was yeah. like, oh, oh, he's reacting to the thing that what we just talked about, the casting thing. What do you see? Do you see it? Do you not see it? Do you trust the guys? Do you not trust the guys? Studio. This is again, this is a rumor. This is grain of salt kind of stuff. Uh, studio is eyeing Joel Edgerton or Josh Hartnett for the role of Harvey Dent. And also that uh, possible that Harvey Dent, if he is introduced to the Batman 2, may have his accident that causes him to be two-faced in that movie or towards the end of that movie, setting him up for a villainous future in the Batman franchise. I still um, don't know so Joel Edgerton all the time for Josh Hartnett. What do you think, Steve? I can't see uncle Owen and Josh Hartnett still seems like, uh, you know, uh, classic back when, uh, like black Hawk down Josh Hartnett to me. You still think of him as like nineties. Josh. Yeah. Hartnett, oh, hundred percent. Right? So like do I. Pearl Harbor, I think black of, Hawk down. Like for, I think of Halloween H2O. Yes, Josh Hartnett. Yep. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) But what I don't think of immediately, and I have to tell myself to think of, is Josh Hartnett that was in uh, 30 Days a Night. No, that was early. Oh, no, that's good, though. That was good, but it was like a long time ago. um, I mean, this wasn't super recent, but the series where it was all like Victorian Universal Monsters. Uh, coming together ava green was in it what's that penny dreadful penny dreadful yes penny dreadful josh hartman he's very good in that show Hmm. and like yeah we think of him because we grew he was like a heartthrob when we grew up but you know i thought he he stopped he has also grown up i really thought he stopped acting (laughs) yeah well i I don't think he's been he hasn't been uh mainstream heartthrob josh hartman anymore he's been like just you know making his thing yeah yeah. exactly yeah um yeah, good I, for him. I can't see either of them doing that, but hey, whatever works. Like again, Honestly, like we just I can talked. S- I can see Josh Hartnett over Joel Edgerton. Yeah, because Joel Edgerton just doesn't look like a Two Face or a Harvey Dent to me. But I can see, I can see half of Josh but, Hartnett's face looking messed up. But can we know. do? Can we do more than like one Batman without somehow bringing Two Face into it? Like, I don't care if you introduce Harvey Dent. But like, don't do the accident in this one. They always do it in the second one. I know. I that's what I think too. Because it's is it too much Dark Knight vibes? That's what I was thinking. Immediately, you go to that like that whole scene. And here's what I would love. I would love if he has his accident at the end of this movie, and then he gets a series. We get Two Face, the HBO Max series. That wouldn't be wouldn't a bad that way to be take cool. it. Yeah. Because I love Two-Face and he's a character that like he can be kind of hard to write for because you don't want to just make like two puns all the time, which is like what Mm -hmm. people seem to do or what he originally was like. um, And uh, I don't know, like it's hard to keep him interesting, but in a in a in a universe like the Matt Reeves Batman that seems so focused on like mobsters and how the weird criminals interact with those mobsters, kind of like a year one or like a long Halloween style. Um, I would love if Two-Face was just like a rival gang leader that comes into conflict with Penguin or whatever, yeah. and it's more like a mafia story, and the two right. leads is, of the gangs are just weirdos. When is when is Penguin dropping? Is it the end of this year? Might be. Or is it early but next year? Would, I don't remember. I mean, you know, Too much you, stuff get, you get Batman 2... Maybe season two or three features Penguin and Two Face going head to head, and 
Like, yeah. Whether he spins off into his own series or not, you know, the whole thing. Um, I, I randomly uh, pulled up actors who have played two face over the years. Uh, I did, you know, of course you get the Bruce Tims and like uh, voice actors as well. I'm going to say there hasn't been that many. No. Yeah. Uh, William Shatner in Batman versus two face did not know that. Um, Whoa. Neil Patrick Harris played him in robot chicken. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Troy Baker with Lego Batman. Cause sure. You know, uh, well also who was, who played him in the Lego Batman movie? Uh, okay, I know this. Was it uh, the guy who should have played him in Batman Forever, Mister Lando Calrissian himself, Billy D. Williams? Yep. Yes, finally got to be Two Face <laughs> in Lego Batman. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, um, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee, of course. And, not, well, um, not Aaron Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones. Very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different. Very different. So uh, and, and yeah, and Aaron Eckhart. So yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, I, it's weird. Like there's no, there's no consistent vibe to who they cast as Harvey Dent either. I know. Yeah. But I think like part of the, the best Batman villains are, um, the, are the ones that are like an opposite of Bruce Wayne and or Batman in some way. Right. Like all of his top tier villains, you can see the difference. Like Batman's all about order. The Joker is all about chaos. Batman is a rich kid that's using his wealth to fight uh, for good. Penguin is a rich kid that's using his wealth to fight evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bruce Wayne is good friends in the books with Harvey Dent before they before his accident. Um, you know, Bruce has two sides of his personality. Harvey has two sides of his personality, like right. that kind of thing. Like they're all like. They can be like mirror images of Batman or Bruce in some way. So I think if they give us a full movie developing a friendship or relationship between Bruce and Harvey, mm. then then him having an accident either at the end of the second film or in a series or in the beginning of the third film or whatever, like whatever head that storyline comes to eventually will be a bigger emotional payoff. Yeah, I think no, I can see that. I think there's ways to do it that separates it from the dark Knight, especially because i like i love the dark Knight is great but it's that thing of all like 90s and early 2000s superhero movies where like we uh give you a character a villain that you love and then by the end of the movie they're dead you know mm-hmm. like okay great couldn't they just go be arrested and come back in the next one <laughs> like that's kind of what i would want right send them to arkham like happens in every book and then yeah, they exactly. magically get and out and break out we get more yeah when we get more Anyway, let's wrap up this DC the, stuff. By the uh, way, in and, hindsight, the oh. Raft and uh, Arkham are the worst prisons ever. Ever. Just ever. ever. Horrible. You would think the Raft would be better because it's in the middle of like the ocean. No, no. But they still figure out ways to get out of there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, James Gunn apparently holding in-person auditions for Superman Legacy uh, this coming week and weekend. Um, and again, no new names, but the same ones that we talked about recently. Apparently, Nicholas Holt, David Cornsweet, and Tom Brittany are all still uh, front runners for Clark Kent. And Rachel Brosnahan, uh, Brosnahan Emma Mackey, and Phoebe Danevore. I think it's how you say her name from uh, what you call it? Uh, Bridgerton. Um, I think she's the one from Bridgerton. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, for Lois Lane. Nice. Um, 
I still don't see the Nicholas Holt thing, but I'm watching him. I'm getting closer because I'm watching him in the grate. And yeah, my wife had on the grate before I came down here and I was looking at him. I'm like, he's a great actor, but I, it's like, see him as Clark Kent. Well, the thing is you, I guess it's the range of roles I've seen him in. I still don't see him in, in, as Clark Kent or Superman, but it's like, yeah, I know he could probably get there. So I'm not as worried about it, but when I first heard it, I was like, nah, I don't know about that. I still think he'd be a better Lex Luthor. I hope he's. Yeah. I hope that he's just coming to these auditions because he's going to be Luthor, and they already know. Or it could be a thing where maybe Nicholas Holt works really well as Clark when he's playing off Rachel Brosnahan. Mm-hmm. Or you know, it could be a thing where like, okay, if Clark goes to Dave Cornsweet, then Lois is going to Emma Mackey because they have the best chemistry. Or like right. Rachel Brosnahan has the better chemistry with Tom Brittany. So if it's him, it's going to be her or that right. kind of thing. You know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, lastly, we got some cool new Blue Beetle motion posters kind of revealing his full suit a little bit uh, this week. So um, I can feel like they're starting to hype train, starting to build some hype for Blue Beetle. Um, now that the Flash is almost out, they're going to start amping up that. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of reference or hint to Blue Beetle in the Flash. You know, just trying to, like, connect some things. You know, that'd be cool. Absolutely. Uh, very last piece of DC news before we move on to Marvel is that we got a, a trailer for the much, or the long-anticipated My Adventures with Superman cartoon show, which was originally going to be on HBO Max, um, but then it was given up, and now it was going to be on Adult Swim. Um, still weird. Uh, but will still be airing on HBO Max the following day. So, you know, they're still, you know, they're, they're getting, you know what? They're getting to have their cake and eat it too. Can't blame them. Yeah. Really? Oh, it works. You know, um, still they weird, make money but... off the sale of the license and it still gets to be on their show, um, their channel. I mean, um, this show comes out July 6th. And Steve, I know, I guess we had heard this, but um, I was kind of not surprised, but impressed i guess i don't know like the trailer really has a big like anime feel to me um more so than i expected i know the designs of the characters were like a little anime but then seeing the actual animation and like the way they were speaking or the even like the way that the lines were delivered the direction um it just felt very like anime to me in a way that wasn't bad just as uh i think it's cool that it's it's a it looks different than anything i've seen in a superman thing before yeah Oh, no, cool. and it, I I think I mentioned to you it uh, it definitely has some invincible vibes as far as what yeah. the um, the art style and it it's like not I don't know I in invincible is a weird take on the Superman tale and yeah seeing this sort of mimic what that art style is is like this weird kind of Inception thing that. I don't know. Uh, the The whole feel of the trailer itself, uh, I I really enjoyed the the kind of lighthearted take on it yeah. and what it, it it's going to be fun. So yeah, I'm I'm I definitely so. looking forward to it more than I was before I saw the trailer. So I I think it'll be good. It just yeah. uh, that that art style weirdly, I don't know. It threw me for Invincible, and then I got used to it, and now I don't know. I know I don't get 
Invincible vibes from it as much as you. I see. Like, I, I see where yeah. you're coming from, but I don't. I don't quite see it. As it's like much, I so. think it's just because it's that kind of quasi anime. I think the with Invincible, yeah. the lines are a little harder, a little sharper. Yes. But um, yeah, for sure. Maybe it's color palette. No, color palette's off. I don't know. For some yeah. reason, it was really getting me that uh, that Invincible feel. Yeah, uh, but it's cool. It looks like a younger Superman, a little less experienced. Um, trying to help uh, Lois and Jimmy, um, you know, as Clark, trying to help Lois and Jimmy do their jobs at the Daily Planet, although uh, Lois and Jimmy seem to be determined on discovering who Superman is. So um, puts uh, Clark in a certain, you know, strange position. So I don't know. It looks fun. looks cool. I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, moving into Marvel, a couple short Marvel stories. Captain America 4, a movie that for some reason I keep forgetting that they're even making. And I don't know why, because every time I hear anything about it, I get excited about it. And mm-hmm. I get happy that they're making a Captain America 4 movie with Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, Captain America. Uh, got a new title. Uh, the original title was announced to be New World Order, but now it's been changed to Brave New World. Um, they didn't really say why, but after New World Order was announced, uh, there was some... Um, I don't know, complaints or people noticing that New World Order has some kind of anti-Semitic uh, vibes to it or connotations that they probably should have stayed away from, especially because they're like dealing with like Israeli. Uh, there's like an Israeli superhero in this movie and stuff, and it seemed mm-hmm. like, what are we doing here? So um, I don't know that it's a response to that, the new title, but probably a good move no matter what. And it's not that different of a title, New World Order, Brave New World. Um, now it's Eldest Huxley vibes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. I, guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. New World Order. I. It's funny. I. It didn't even dawn on me, but that I mean that was direct. There, <laughs> there were direct connotations back to you know, uh, very rough historical times uh, and yeah. what was what was being built back in the forties. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's probably better that they moved off that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, also shared a new picture of Anthony Mackie on set in his just so generic looking Captain America <laughs> costume. I wish that, they'd that, have stuck with the the comic accurate get up. I know. That that, I mean, we talked about that a few weeks ago, but like I just mentioned how excited I am for this movie. But like the fact that he's not wearing that comic accurate suit is making me a little less <laughs> excited for it to be honest with you it just like just looks or okay, even like we've already seen yeah like even in like an iterative iterative version of it where e- yeah. even if it's a yeah, like a, a, what we what you would consider a quote-unquote normal cap suit but with the white like more prominent yeah. white yep. than the red and like that's what his suit looks like i know yeah yep would have been great um, anyway, a picture of him with uh, Harrison Ford, uh, who, don't forget, is in this movie, um, mm-hmm. taking over uh, the character of uh, Thunderbolt Ross from the late, great William Hurt. Um, who, why both of those actors, by the way, I just read today on a Twitter thread about Jurassic Park, because it's like the anniversary of Jurassic Park being released, I guess. Oh. Um, and uh, both, both William Hurt and Harrison Ford were offered the role of Alan Grant in... Uh, Jurassic Park offered both, both of those would have been very different takes than Sam Neill gave yes yes apparently Kurt Russell came very close but they couldn't agree on um, uh, price yeah crazy hmm. yeah I'm trying to like, think of and, like all three of them in that era 
Yeah, there were other actors. It was a cool thread. I'll send it to you if I find it again. But like there were they went through other actors that were considered and or offered for like the three leads for and Dr. Hammond, too. So like Alan Grant, Ellie, uh, Malcolm and um, Hammond. And it was just like it was like wild. And like any 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 other any of them would have made it radically different. Like you just see like it's none of them for me were like, oh, yeah, I could see michael j fox as ian malcolm <laughs> like no i can't that would be no. a radically different movie It'd be insane well and that's i mean laura dern as ellie sattler was yeah. like that was perfect but yeah who knows who else it would have been well apparently you do yeah. but uh <laughs> well i'm not <laughs> those are the only ones did. i can remember off the top of my head right, right now but um yeah it's i just read it this morning but yeah I, I might just be we've been indoctrinated and ingrained with that cast for so well, long but. i know that's what it was but even like it wasn't even a thing where like like that like the michael j fox thing yeah like michael j fox is a radically different actor oh yeah than jeff goldblum mm-hmm. so like you know that it would not have been even close <laughs> you know like if you're telling me it was between um i don't know i can't think of there's no one like jeff goldblum <laughs> so there's no one like jeff goldblum exactly. i mean yeah think of the like life it finds a way scene they there's no yeah what, what's that gonna do um yeah, i know i mean even samuel L. jackson for his role in it oh yeah for sure i don't know yeah dennis nedry like wayne knight as dennis nedry like yeah they the really said, uh, the twitter thread said that um i've never seen basic instinct but i guess wayne knight is in basic instinct and oh, really? said steven steven spielberg was at a screening of basic instinct and saw him in that movie and wrote his name down and called his agent after that's great so i was like this is who i want for this role yeah was now was seinfeld bef- did seinfeld start before or after jurassic park mm, good question i don't know because again I don't know. nedry well nedry and newton are or newman are they're they're pretty pretty close i feel like i remember my parents knowing that character as newman from seinfeld when we saw jurassic park huh all right so it might have been around the same time yeah, I could be wrong. Right I could that, be wrong. Yeah. Oh, Seinfeld started in '89, so yeah. Oh, jeez! Wow. I did not realize that. That's way earlier than I thought. My God. Yeah, July 1989 to May 1998. Wow. Huh. Okay. Crazy. There you anyway, go. Anyway, uh, speaking of um, uh, old, old things, things that have been around a long time, <laughs> <laughs> Stan Lee. Um, I guess he's not around anymore, but if he was, he'd be celebrating his one birthday this year. And in honor of that, there's a new documentary about his life called Stan Lee. That's it. No yeah. subtitle. <laughs> just, I don't know if it needs a subtitle. Uh, yeah, but you feel like, I don't know, just for like uh, Google search um, alone, you'd think you'd want to like separate it from just his name i guess i don't know who not um uh but i think we talked about when they announced the documentary um a while ago and we talked about it when they announced it and surprise it comes out this week it comes out june 16th this thursday uh friday thursday surprise friday. yeah surprise it's here uh, apparently it's all in his own words i guess or a lot of it is um just like recordings of him talking about his work and stuff um and I don't know. How'd you feel about this trailer? It's a it's a short trailer. It didn't like knock me out. It didn't be it didn't make me like hungry to watch this. I'll probably I probably will watch it for sure. But it wasn't like this looks like the key to 
knowing all you know, the secrets of the Marvel universe or anything. Like, it didn't no, seem this like, will be a, it didn't a, grab me in a way that I kind of wanted it to. No, it'll be a good, like I'm going to watch this for the hell of it on a random night. Yeah. I have nothing else to watch, but I'm not banging yeah. down the doors this week to, to watch it. Um, for one, seeing pictures of him without a mustache was one of the weirdest things that I've experienced. Very strange. Um, and for two, I will say that when they showed all the superhero, like they at one point in the trailer, they like flash a bunch of superheroes that he had something to do with creating. Yeah. They, they led with Spider-Man and it hurt me inside. Why? Dicko, man. Spidey was Dicko's like baby. Well, yeah, dude. But that's the thing about this documentary is that I don't know, like how much is it going to talk about Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby or anything like that? You yeah. know, I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, I get why they're doing it, but it seems like it's a it, I don't know. I don't want to say propaganda piece, but kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like I, yeah. get it. I just w- I wish they were also like, oh, stay tuned for next month's Steve Ditko documentary. Right. And then give next me the Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby documentary. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing I guarantee you we're not getting them. Uh-uh. So that's a bummer for sure yeah um but yeah no i'll check it out i don't know anything about how long it is or anything it just doesn't it seems like if you're gonna make a i guess like it's cool that it's all in his own words but if you ever heard an interview with stan lee you know that he was very much like i'm gonna give you what you want i'm gonna give you the stan lee persona right and i'm not gonna really talk about myself or my life Really, like he was very much like I'm playing the character of Stan Lee. I mean, I don't know. He's, I haven't seen like super early interviews with him too much. I've maybe no, a but couple, he was but always like, the salesman. Like that was yeah, his he thing. was always the salesman. He was always playing like character of Stan Lee. Here's what you want. I'm gonna talk about the funny books or whatever. You know, like that was him. Right. I would rather have like talking head interviews with people that worked with him or people that knew him. Mm-hmm. And I know there's like weird stuff with his family, but like family stuff to like give me like an in-depth yeah you know uh biography of this guy and not just like recordings from interviews where he's like you know like people ask him like where'd you come up with spider-man and he's like i thought it would be fun to have a teenager climbing walls like that's like his explanation like any any he doesn't yeah. ever go into like yeah, there's the stuff nothing that you and I, that. that stuff that has been extrapolated since and it's you know yeah. sp- 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 the spider-man stuff was always there really like you know, as a teenager, he's got his own problems. Like I want, like he would say stuff like that. Like I wanted him to, you know, not be able to pay his rent and like, you know, like that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was never like, you know, it was, ne- it was never like, well, I thought about the human experience and I wanted <laughs> right. to kind of, t- it was just like, I thought it'd be fun to have a kid climbing walls. And that's like, that's it. You know, yeah. how about it'd be fun if a guy was just made of orange rock? I thought it would look fun. You know, right. like that was, that's like all he thought. So and and in all honesty, if that's if that's the direction that all of his thoughts were, then how the it hell worked. did he get? I mean, it worked great, yeah. <laughs> but like, how the hell did he get it where he was? Well, like, you know what? I uh, I thought about bringing this up, and then I wasn't because we still have a lot to talk about in this show. But now we're talking about the Stanley thing, so I'm going to say that. Do you know what the Marvel method is? If I, I say like, yes, I have I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. This is how yeah. for those of you that, that don't that are listening that don't have never heard of the Marvel method before in the sixties through, I don't know, 
into the 70s for a it while. Was, yeah, it was a good stretch. And specifically for Stan Lee books. I think he used this method probably the entirety of his comic books career. Probably. It's called the Marvel method. This was how they wrote comic books at Marvel Comics. And I, I, I bought, I recently bought like a collected, a nice, a beautiful hardcover book of like early collection of early Spider-Man stories. So I'm like reading through this and it, there's a foreword and there's quotes with Stanley and Stanley talks about the Marvel method. So this is from his mouth. I'm paraphrasing obviously, cause I don't have it in front of me, but like he, had, it, this isn't like a secret. He admits to this is how they did it. And he'll say like, he said something like at other companies, you know, a writer would write a script, give it to the artist and the artist would draw it. Right. And there's some back and forth. That's yeah. how I write comic books with my artist partner. Right. You know, like that's how you make books. Nothing can start until something's written. There's no story. The Marvel method was Stan Lee and Steve Ditko would sit together and come out, come up with a story together. This is the general story of what we're going to say in this issue. Spider-Man starts here and by the end of the issue, he's over here and stuff happens in the middle. Then Steve Ditko goes and draws that. He draws the entire book, all the panels. He decides where the action goes. He decides where the non-action goes. He doesn't write a word of dialogue. He just leaves room for the balloons, for the word balloons, and for like the caption. Then he gives, so he gives a final completed book, except for letters, back to Stan Lee. And Stan Lee, based on the pictures, writes the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Just wild to me. It's wild. Yeah. So like, when you say that Spider-Man belongs to Ditko just as much as Stan Lee, you are 100% correct because, I mean, not only did Ditko design the character, he also, like, broke the story. And then Stan Lee was just like, okay, well, I guess he's walking here, so he should say something about how he's walking. You know, like, it right. wasn't, like, it wasn't necessarily from the mind of Stan Lee. Stan Lee certainly contributed to it and amped up what was there and originally came up with the original story. But, you know, he wasn't writing... You know, he, he didn't sit down and say, okay, the first issue of this has to end with us saying with great power comes great responsibility. Like he right. got there and he did that, but it was just because Ditko ended the first issue with Spider-Man solemnly walking away and Stan needed to do like, I should say something profound here. So I'll just make this up. Right. So it works. It's just an odd way to go about it. I would like to, you know, I'm still a fledgling comic book creator myself, but like I would like to make at least one comic using the Marvel method just for, uh, just to see, giggles. just to yeah. see if it works, see how it comes out. So does, does the fact we're getting a Stanley documentary mean we're also getting like a George Perez documentary or a John Romita or like anybody like Siegel and Schuster or anything? I, I would love any of those things. <laughs> I, th- I think Stanley's like the celebrity comic book creator, right? right. He's like, or he was. He's the one that everybody knows. Yep. Because he was all in all the Marvel movies. So Same. I would love a documentary on all. There was a PBS documentary. I think you can watch some of it on YouTube about like just comic books in yeah. general and how they were like started. And then, you know, like it went through like starting with action comics and led through Batman and Wonder Woman. And then oh, part nice. two was like the Marvel boom in the 60s. And they yeah. went through all that. Like it was really good. Well, it was um, you remember the Netflix series. um like the toys that molded us or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toys that made us or yeah, something. Yeah. They did a they did one on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And that actually went very deep on the Eastman and Laird comics Yo, and friend, that whole thing. A friend of ours who does not 
read comics at all yeah. was telling me about this because he watched that episode yeah it went like it was great real yeah. deep in on that stuff and it was yeah. I, I watched it probably three years ago but it was it stuck with me of like oh nice yeah them the story of how they came up with the turtles and like where they were yeah. and how they got published and all that I remember hearing that Kevin Smith was narrating a series on Quibi. Remember Quibi? Oh, that it was, was like thing. super short form content. Yeah. That um, I think all their content ended up going somewhere else. Was it Roku or something? So I should find this yeah, because I can't remember. Somewhere. It was a series. It might have been called Clash of the Titans or something Slug like that. Fest. Not so- Slugfest. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? It was mm-hmm. called Slugfest. And it was about the sometimes just only perceived and sometimes actual rival rivalry between DC and Marvel comics. And I guess it would have like actual industry people talking about it, but then there would, it would cut to dramatizations. And I know I've seen those stories, the Russo brothers and him going at it about Marvel and DC and yeah. Yeah. Right. So I would, I would love to see that. Yep. Cause I've heard, I don't know. I've heard it's good and seems something that's, right up my alley so that does um it's like uh have you ever um oh what the hell was the there was like a nerd trivia thing that was like over dramatized was it schmodown oh yeah the movie yeah. trivia schmodown is yep. the best oh it's great I lo- that just ended like last year i love that yep. it was the best movie tri- they're all on youtube if you want if you like movie mm-hmm. trivia Look up the movie trivia schmodown old uh It was like over over dramatized like WWE and Yeah, it was like professional it was wrestling hilarious. meets movie trivia. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And they did a whole those, Star Wars section that was great and yeah. Dude, the Star Wars stuff was wild. Yeah. The amount the amount of stuff that these people knew was insane. Like I could never like I always liked like the reason you like doing that is you like playing along, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You like seeing if you can answer the same questions. I was pretty good at the general movie ones, especially if they had like like a nerdy division, and I was mm-hmm. pretty good at that. But the Star Wars was just like I can I can hang on for round one, okay, and mm-hmm. then by round two I am out. I don't know any of these. It's like oh, uh, we got you know what we got to do like insane. sometime we got to get like a group of people together and go back through those and see see where see where we all stand. You take questions from those and yeah, yeah that'd be yep. <laughs> that'd be cool anyway speaking of star wars great segue steve yeah um we got a couple uh star wars items for you one we got a release date for ahsoka they released a new trailer uh not really any i didn't really I didn't watch it because i don't need to yeah. but there wasn't i heard there wasn't anything really new um but the newest thing was that the release date is august 23rd so um, get your Rebels rewatches started going right now so you can yes. catch up and learn all those characters. Um, again, just highly recommend the show Rebels. If you haven't seen it, if you're a Star Wars fan, just start watching it. Start watching it. It's great. And for anyone who doesn't want the full, full Rebels experience, uh, Disney Plus does have a curated Ahsoka list uh, of yeah, her basics go. and you know big moments between Clone Wars, Rebels, and Tale of the Jedi. That's it. I was like, there's yeah. a third one. Um, however, like Mike said, go back and watch Rebels because it's just so good. It's that good. Yep. If you actually, uh, that's what it is. If you do the, if you do the curated list, you, you can watch the curated through the Clone Wars. But once it gets to like past the Clone Wars and into starting to do the Rebels things, just watch the whole Rebel series. 
I, uh, I, I, one, I agree with that. Also, like, I remember I looked at, I don't think it was Ahsoka specific episode listing on Disney Plus, but I looked at like essential Clone Wars episodes and I was yep. like, they're leaving out every, like, so many <laughs> episodes that you should watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, so, so yeah, look at the curator, but then ask me, also ask me and Steve what yeah. else you should be watching. Yeah. <laughs> we will tell you what to add to that. Um, uh, speaking of things, I'm going to add to my list of games to play someday. That's a good segue, right? <laughs> sure. We'll go this with is, uh, This is almost breaking news. Just earlier today, and this a new is, this Star is Wars after game. Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor for Survivor. you. Survivor. Yes, which I, I am now in a uh, predicament where my son wants to watch me play it and doesn't want me to play it without him watching it. So it's just going to take me a really long time to get through this game. <laughs> yeah, my son didn't find didn't find me playing it uh, until right before I finished it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to at some point be like, dude, I'm gonna I'm just going to get I'm going to move forward a little bit, see yep. how far I can get here. Um, and then just pull the old. You can you know you. It's not like he's crazily invested in the story like yeah just tell him hey well, no, I, you know we'll... he is he's getting there oh, <laughs> because he's damn. now he's seen more cutscenes and stuff uh, and he's okay like, oh, who's there that who's that yeah that's i i kept it to like just the action stuff of like oh i'm you know fighting these yeah. stormtroopers and he does get a little bored when i'm just like wandering around trying to figure out what to do <laughs> And how do I like, jump from this thing to that like, thing? Daddy, to you got to gotta go to the thing. I was like, I don't know how to get there. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. I know I can run up that wall, but I don't know what to do after I right. get up there or whatever. You know, like, I was yeah. like, we're figuring it out, buddy. This is what a game is. We're figuring mm-hmm. it out together. You were in this. Anyway, Star Wars Outlaws was announced today. It was. With a very cool and lengthy trailer. No gameplay. Um, but just kind of uh, giving us a... Um, an overview of what this game is about. The official announcement read as the following. Introducing scoundrel K. Vess in the first ever open world Star Wars game. Now pausing right here to say, Steve, is Jedi Survivor not open world? That's a pretty open world game. Like how Mm. it's not fully open world? No. So Jedi Survivor, you kind of get railroaded into what you want to do or what they want you to do. I guess. Whereas oh, a, yeah, okay. A true open world is like, like just go wherever, do whatever. Yeah. You can kind of go wherever on these worlds, like the planets, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there's always a border of some kind in an open world game. Like, you just go indefinitely. You right. Run into but, an like, ocean or a Survivor, or you've got, like, a lot of the worlds, it's like you're following this. You have one directional path through the world and through the maze and through the facility. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's pretty close to open world, though. If it was open world, you wouldn't have to unlock these shortcuts all over the place to make life easier on you. That's true. I do love the shortcuts. They come in real handy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, thank you for clarifying that. It just felt very open world to me. Anyway, uh, this game is coming in 2024, and the continued... Synopsis goes as follows. Experience the first ever open world Star Wars game set between the events of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Explore distinct planets across the galaxy, both iconic and new. Risk it all as K. Vest and Vest, an emerging scoundrel seeking freedom and the means to start a new life along with her companion Nyx. 
fight, steal, and outwit your way through the galaxy's crime syndicates as you join the galaxy's most wanted. I think it's cool that they are setting this between, specifically between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and not some kind of nebulous, like, sur- Jedi survivor is like, yeah, it's sometime between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. You know, right. you know like, um, I don't know. It's just exciting to me that it's more, it's like a very specific time frame, I guess. And it's not that long of a time frame. Mm. Um, but uh, you saw this uh, trailer. What'd you think? I, well, initially I did not realize it was someone new and I was like, is that Dr. Afra?" And then, you know, no, within, right. within a couple of seconds, I was like, no, not at all. Uh, but it, uh, it really like the, the cinematic looked great. Uh, the concept yeah. looks cool. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but it's, uh, that all we know is that it's a open world game set between in that time frame. Yeah. Um, it's kind of next year. Yeah. I, unless it gets delayed. Uh, I, I, I feel like this is a game that we hadn't heard anything about. I don't remember hearing about this game. We had heard that Bioware was developing a star Wars game. And I think that might've been okay. all we had heard. Okay. Because so. the only other game I remember hearing about is the uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake. Or not which Bioware, uh, Ubisoft. Massive yeah. and Ubisoft. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. You're right, though, on the, when I said Bioware, the Knights of the Old Republic. Right. Yeah. Um, which I haven't uh, heard also, anything about that recently. No. I think it's, I, 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 there was some kind of update, but it was just like a, a couple weeks ago, it was just like a, we're still working on it thing so i think it was like a no news is good news kind of thing yeah um but uh, i like uh planets both iconic and new so we might get to go to something we've seen before while also exploring new stuff because i like i mean i haven't finished jedi survivor so i don't know if we go you know to tatooine or anything but Mm. um seemingly go to like a lot of new planets planets i haven't been to before or like coruscant you're in the underbelly of coruscant in the beginning of that game right Uh, so you're seeing that in a newish way. Um, yeah, I like to mix it up though. You know, give me a new planet, but also, you know, maybe we have to go to Hoth for some reason. Like that'd be cool. I'd be down for that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get more on this game as it comes out, get some gameplay, see what all, what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, moving. We actually got some cool comics news, three announcements this week that I thought was cool. First of all, Marvel's heading back to the ultimate universe. Steve, you want to do a quick rundown for the listeners of what the Ultimate Universe is, was? Well, I'm trying to pull up what year they started doing it. Uh, in the year 2000. Uh, I was going to say, it was before, right before Spider-Man came out. Yep. Uh, so Marvel put out a uh, the Ultimate imprint, which was kind of their... Uh, you know, it was a multiverse take on Earth 1610 that had a very distinctly different look at a lot of different, um, a lot of your different heroes. Uh, right. Ultimately, pun intended. Uh, mm. It was where, you know, you got the Miles Morales um, creation down the line. Wasn't, you know, in the Later original. Later on, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't in the original run, but. Uh, you had a lot of different looks at like X-Men, Fantastic Four, uh, Spidey in general. Yep. Um, I believe Ultimate Cap was a giant asshole and it was a, oh, a lot of um, 
there was a lot of personality swaps and people not being uh it was a different take on all of these characters in a extremely obtuse way compared to what they've been you know written as for the last half century but also i believe the general idea behind it was a completely fresh yeah like a reboot yep you can start here none that we're starting from Mm -hmm. this universe is starting from ground up you can start here. You don't have to know anything. We're going to tell you all new stories, same characters, but like that's where you, like we mentioned, like new fresh takes on some of these right. characters because they were allowed to do that because they were like free of all the 60 years of continuity or whatever, the 40 years of Correct. continuity at that time. Like it was just like, yep, where you can, you, you buy Spider Man number one. We're going to tell you everything. We're going to, you're going to see him get bit by a spider. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's what it is. Start from the beginning. Like, um, Ultimate Iron Man, you're going to, he's going to build a suit. Like you're going to, starting from the, starting from the beginning, exactly. And I think they were like, we got the Spider-Man movie we're working on coming out. X-Men just came out. There needs to be books in stores that people are not afraid to buy yeah. <laughs> for continuity's sake. Well, and there were, so, I mean, there were some good things that came out of it and it was like Joe Casado was over the top of it. And uh, I think it was, like, I hear great stuff about the Bendis ultimate Spider-Man run. I hear is great. Yeah. I, I've read, I've, I've read a little bit of it, but not the whole thing, but I hear the, yep. be great. Yes. Yeah, so you had yeah. Bendis, uh, Warren Ellis, uh, asshole but whatever uh mark miller and then uh, i think that was i think those were the three primary writers on the ultimate stuff but then also like any comic book world it becomes bogged down eventually by its own continuity and got confusing just like a regular universe so didn't matter anymore ultimate universe is also where we got the first black nick fury which led to nick fury being samuel jackson in the mcu um but anyway Ultimate Universe is coming out of the current. Apparently, there's a current run called Ultimate Invasion, or Ultimate Invasion is about to happen, or something like that. And uh, spinning out of Ultimate Invasion will be a new uh, series called Ultimate Universe. It's going to be right. written by Jonathan Hickman and drawn by Stefano Cassell. Um, Hickman had this to say about it What made the Ultimate Universe originally really interesting was that it was a reflection of the world outside your window in the moment that you were living in. What does it look like in the world we're living in now? It's kind of shocking how much the world has changed in that period of time. The idea of what it would be like to see the genesis of superheroes in a brand new world is a really fascinating exercise. Coming out this November, Steve, do you have any feelings about the Ultimate Universe enough? Uh, Does this pique your interest? Are you going to go back to it? You seem to be mixed on it in your explanation of it, I gotta say. There was some really good stuff that came out of the Ultimate Universe. There was some stuff that came out of the ultimate universe um that said hickman is hickman yeah it's going to be weird it's i know he he doesn't seem like i mean he's he seems like a guy that likes to create his own muddled and insane continuity right i mean look at what he strange to give it to him if that's their goal is to just start fresh yeah yeah. when he did the x-men books yeah fantastic four he did a whole hickmany thing sure uh the avengers he had a huge you know seminal run on the avengers same deal uh and mm-hmm. then house of x powers of x the whole dawn of x thing creating this whole new continuity for x-men and what they're doing and how they're do yeah. like interacting with krakoa this whole thing it's like it's all it's all very hickmany um yeah which hey if if they want to take the ultimates and just lean into 1610 as their weird ass universe, then hell he's the man. 
he's the guy for it. So, uh, cool. That's coming out this November. Uh, we also got an announcement from DC this week. There's going to be a new Birds of Prey series from DC with writer Kelly Thompson and artist Leonardo Romero. I'll be helping the new, uh, helming the new series. Um, they were doing a cool thing this week where they are introducing the lineup of the Birds of Prey team as it has been different over the years. Um, they were introducing one character at a time once a day this past week. Full lineup features Black Canary, obviously. Um, she's a staple. She'll be leading the team. Batgirl, but not Barbara Gordon. This is Cassandra Kane's Batgirl, oh. um, along with Zealot, Big Barda, and Harley Quinn. Well, Harley's been on Birds of Prey on and off the last few years, especially since the movie came right. out. But I know Big Barda, she was in a couple issues of the Gwen, uh, Gwen Simone, Gail Simone run, but her being a main member of the team is cool and exciting if you're familiar with this character mm-hmm. like she does not seem like a character that really works that well on a team she seems like her no, own thing no. i don't know it was weird enough but, how uh, well she worked with uh, mr miracle and tom yeah. king's run yeah um i mean i think she has she is part of like the female furies which is part of the um fourth world jack kirby stuff but those are all like other insane characters <laughs> so to have her be on like an earthbound team, I think is uh, really cool and exciting. Um, and she's clearly going to be like the muscle yeah. of the team. Now, is this um, Kelly Thompson's first run for DC? I think it might be. So I, I know she's still, I think she's still on Captain Marvel. Oh, still. Okay. Yeah. I know she had Last written I Captain Marvel. I don't know if, yeah. I don't know if that changed, but. And I think, I think this same team was on Hawkeye for a while as well and it's the same team that was on hawkeye that is now on birds of prey okay which i think is cool um the synopsis for this story is dinah lance is one of the dc universe's most elite fighters and combined with her sonic scream she's a fearsome foe in any scenario but sometimes even the black canary needs help faced with a personal mission brought to her by a mysterious new ally and up against near impossible odds she reforms the birds of prey with only one goal extraction of their asset at any cost what could possibly go wrong? This all new, all deadly birds of prey still breaking hearts and faces after all these years. Uh, it's going to come out September 5th. I like that all new, all deadly birds of prey. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm definitely down for this. I'm a big fan um, of a lot of these characters. I love Black Canary. I love uh, Cassie Kane as Batgirl. Um, I love Harley, obviously. Not too familiar with Zealot, but... Um, I'm down for this. I love the Gail Simone run of Birds of Prey. I call any time I see a back issue of it that I don't have, I grab it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm in the bag for this one for sure. And um, last bit of comics news. Very little um, information on this, but Dan Slott, uh, sometimes hailed and sometimes um, hated writer of Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, uh, is reviving the title superior Spider-Man this fall. And that is the only, there's been no details about it whatsoever. Just Dan slots, bringing back superior Spider-Man. Steve, tell the folks what superior Spider-Man is. What is the basis of superior Spider-Man? Superior Spider-Man is, uh, Otto Octavius as they're in the body of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, uh, which when you hear that is mildly insane. And sometimes when written is absolutely amazing. Yes, uh, yeah. I've heard that recently. 
I've been listening to some podcasts discussing the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and this run has come up a few times yeah. as an example of a run that focuses on what it means to be Spider-Man, yeah. which is wild considering that it is a run where Peter Parker is not in his own body. Yeah. And <laughs> he's being puppeted by Dr. Octopus, which is crazy. But it makes me want to read the book, to be honest with you. Because when I read the synopsis of this, when they first announced the series years ago, I was like, that's dumb. I'm not going to read that at all. But now I kind of want to because I've just started hearing great stuff about it. Yeah, I know. the. So, I think I actually have a – I might have all the floppies from the volume two, uh-huh. um, the 2019 run. It was It was that good. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pick this up. But, nice. um, but yeah, the, the whole concept is Peter's dying and Otto takes over his body mm-hmm. and becomes Spider-Man. And this whole thing is, uh, yeah, they, they take it through hell. I think the original run was, uh, 40, 50 issues. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the volume two was another like 12 or so. I think it was like a full year run. That's a lot, that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. I don't know. It was that long. I yep. thought it was kind of like a, a year long thing. Wow. Cool. So. so look out for that this fall. This week in your local comic book store, you got Amazing Spider-Man 27, Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries number nine, Batman Incorporated number nine, Battle Chasers number 10, Betty Page number one, a new number one for Black Panther. A new Captain America Cold War Omega, number one. Captain Marvel, 50. Carnage, number 14. Dead by Daylight, number one. Extreme Venomverse, number three. Ghost Lore, number two. Green Lantern, number two. Red, number one, and it was good. Haunt You to the End, number one. Marvel Voices, Pride, one shot. Moon Knight, number 24. Old Dog, number five. Queen of Swords, Barbaric Story, cool title number one rogue and gambit number four spider gwen shadow clones number four spider-man india spinning out of across spider-verse number one star wars darth vader number 35 superman lost number four teenage mutant ninja turtles number 140 waller versus Wildstorm number two and wolverine 34 lots and lots of cool stuff at your local comic book store as is every week steve uh, how's your comic book life going you buying any of these have you read anything lately uh, uh, no, I did a lot of organizing though. Oh, there you go. You know, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Went through a bunch of old long boxes. I think on the, uh, this, the, uh, spider verse, uh, cast, I busted out the miles Morales number one that I found, which that's okay. Yes. I was thinking about that after we got off the pod last week, that spider, that miles Morales number one, yep. where that's not the, number one of the Bendis run. No, the, so the okay. Bendis run, he was introduced in ultimate fallout. Number one. Okay. And then Bendis had a, uh, another initial run on it. This was the, um, my God, who was it? Salad Ahmed, I think did it. Um, did it a was run. Like 2017, was, 2018. Yeah. Something around there. Okay. I also have number one of that issue. Nice. I have a variant. I have a weird variant cover. Oh, there you it go. It was like, a, I, it might be the one in 25 variant. Oh, even better. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, so I was thinking, I was like, I think I also have. Yeah. I don't think it was the Bendis run that he was talking about. Um, no, the original, I, I wasn't even, 
That was, say, that, yeah, I think I that was in my lull of comics. I, I do have that original story in a collected, uh, the Bendis Spider-Man, which was great, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I got caught up on a lot of uh, this last week. Um, I mean, I pulled the new Batman, new Poison Ivy, read those. I'm caught up on something killing the children, finally. Um, I keep forgetting to go. So, Jesse, you got to figure that out. <laughs> I know. I know. I keep forgetting to go somewhere else. So I'm so behind on those. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've missed any. I keep looking at the list. I don't think that 30. I think it's up to 30. I don't think 31 is going to. No, yet, I think it's I think 30 is where they're at. Yeah. So I'm caught up on that. Um I started reading, like I said, I mentioned I got that hardcover Spider-Man collected. I started reading that. And I also started reading uh, From Hell by Alan oh, okay. Moore, which I got for Christmas or something or my birthday a while ago. I just been sitting on the shelf. So I was like, crack this and start reading it slow, but it's very good. Like I can even, like, despite it being slow, I can see that it's already building and already like sucking me in in a mm, way that I was, like, initially like this is crawling, <laughs> but okay, we're getting there. Um, uh, yeah, I got a couple uh, one shots this week to wrap things up. This is another uh, scoop from Jeff Snyder on the Hot Mike podcast. But apparently and Steve, you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And how it's inevitable that this now that this is like the highest grossing animated movie ever or whatever. It's the highest grossing movie of the year so far. And it's not going anywhere um, that they're clearly going to make a sequel to this. And why aren't they making more Nintendo movies specifically, why have they never, never made a Legends of Zelda movie? Yeah. Right? Seems obvious they haven't made a Link movie or a Legends of Zelda movie. Well, apparently Universal has closed or is about to close a deal with Nintendo for the rights to produce films based on the Legends, the Legend of Zelda. Finally. I don't know why it took them so long. It took anybody so long. Maybe Nintendo just didn't want to make a movie out of it, but I don't know why they would like... You're just leaving. You've been leaving on the money on the table for decades at this point. They have, Nintendo. but it's still weird because it's like, what's the plot of every Zelda game? You're just going to search for something, right? Right. There's no, there's no <laughs> like crazy dialogue. It's like, yeah, go kill Ganon. Okay, cool. Right. Done. Yeah. But that's also like it. It kind of frees up the filmmaker. That's true. I didn't Way think more than the Mario game, like cat, like who? I mean, does I haven't played too many Legends of Zelda games. Does Link have a specific voice in those games? There's game. There's no. some games where he doesn't even talk, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So like, you know, everyone was up in arms when they cast Chris Pratt as Mario because <laughs> we all know Chris Pratt doesn't sound like Mario that right. we know. No one knows or cares what Link sounds like. I don't think anyone has an attachment to what Link is should sound like. So, like, yeah, whoever, you know, cast whoever. Like, people will be more forgiving of you, I feel like, you know? Yeah. So, um, I'll be interested to see this. Because I'm not as familiar, I will just go in with, like, a, oh, this will be a fun video game movie, you know? I'm sure yeah. people like you or are the oh, friends not, who not even games. But. Not even me. I've only played not a couple you. of them. But uh, okay, I I know we have some friends that uh... you know my my <laughs> brother in law is big on Legends of Zelda. Yep. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, he'll be the expert. That was the first person I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah. So uh, Steve's taking it home with this one last piece of Spidey news. Well, the one last piece is something I'm very excited about because I didn't know it until Mike put it on this rundown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Marvel Spider-Man 2 officially has a release date. The game will debut on October 20th, 2023. Right. Yep. And we knew it was coming soon. We knew it was coming this year because yep. we got that awesome gameplay trailer for it last week or two weeks Something ago. Something like that, yeah. Um, October 20th. And you um, know what I'm excited about? What's that? This frees up Insomniac to go work on Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Like, this game is going to be amazing, but, like, that's still been sitting in the back shelf. In I my brain. For that Wolverine game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I will the play most... the hell out of Marvel's Spider-Man, too, but... Yeah. Yeah. I know I say this every time that we talk about it, but, like, that just teaser for the Wolverine game oh, that yeah. was like two, two years ago, something. It was now. two years like, ago. And the whole thing was like 20 seconds. It was 20 seconds. And it reinvigorated my love for Wolverine more than <laughs> anything yes. has in so long, in so long. Right. Since, since like, since X-Men Logan two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Logan, but like Logan is more of like a, a Logan closing, movie. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like, not like a, I'm in, it's clearly a different vibe. Right, it's not the Which I love, you know, but it's the, not like the X Men '93. Like, yeah, I'm wearing wearing a weird mask that mm-hmm. isn't necessary and just going crazy on. All right, robot. Bob, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, and it could be bad or it could just be not what I want. But like that, I makes that thinking about that game makes me more excited for an X Men <laughs> thing than I've been yes. in a long. So totally I will agree down. with you. Totally, and I'm very interested to see if we'll next time we'll get an update on that game. Yeah, be great. It's been a while. You've been working on it. You, you can show us something else, right? You can show <laughs> right. us something else. Give us a little bit. I mean, they're probably burying the lead until after they drop Spider Man because it's the same studio. Yeah, probably true. Or maybe we'll get a tease at Comic Con or something. You know, this is true. But anyway, that's all I got, Steve. I think we uh, it was quite a show tonight. I think we uh, yeah we, we covered a lot of the bases. News. We tangented an appropriate amount. I think we're good to go. I'm all set. You yeah. Anything else? No, I'd say if you're interested in hearing more from us, you should like and subscribe and, you know, yes. uh, let us know what you think by getting hold of us on the socials. Uh, the multiverse report.com, multiverse report at gmail.com, multiverse report at these. Um, just search for that on your socials. You'll find us. Um, we're there. Beyond that, uh, I think, you know, you should. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We, you know, if it's good, we'll read it on air. If it's yeah. bad, we'll read it on air. We don't care. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I would read a bad <laughs> review on air. Yeah, what the hell? Why not? I mean, don't leave us a bad review just so I read it on the air. Right. I would prefer a good one, but you never know. Well, I just dropped my phone on the floor, so it's time to go. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.